Welcome to episode 189 of Auto Topic. Hello there, Brad. How are you? What's go- Not bad. What's going on, Andrew? Oh, you thought I was going to say something different. I did. Yeah, you changed it up on me after 188 episodes. I don't know how to. I don't know how to react. <laughs> uh, so what have you been doing? <laughs> well, as we're all aware, it is still very deep into the uh, stay-at-home social distancing orders. So not a lot. Yeah. Yourself? Uh, not much. Excellent. As far as car stuff, I've been playing, we've been playing with our friends and we've had a couple of listeners join our uh, on off topic dirt league, which you can look up if you yep. do have dirt rally Two, two 2.0, it's um, just auto off topic in the clubs and uh, just send a request and just message me that you requested it and I'll go in and approve it. But we're pretty terrible. So anybody who's any good at it absolutely destroys us. Well, it's good because we have a good variety involved in the racing because we have a couple of people who are really good. And then we have myself who barely finishes an event. It's super hard. Like it's a full on sim game and it's like Forza is like fun. And this is almost like frustrating how hard it is. I've stopped caring because I know I can't do much better than I'm doing. So I just try to get a little, little better each time. Um, I did make some controller adjustments the other day because one of the things that actually Naomi was watching me play and she's like, you can't even keep the car going in a straight line. And I was like, no, it's frustrating. So while I was playing, she apparently was looking up online how to um, adjust the controller to make it a little less sensitive. So I made my controller a bit less sensitive so it doesn't quite have the uh, immediately into the ditch feeling that it had before. Yeah, see, I think... I think I said something that about one of our chats and maybe you missed it because it's a busy chat. But yeah, yeah you, if you can, when I was playing with the controller, I adjusted the steering to be less sensitive and also the brake because it's hard to gauge when you're pulling with your finger that you're really like 75% of the brake pedal with <laughs> the equivalent. So it'd be like totally locking up the brake. So like I take on the controller, I take out like the first, uh, like 20% maybe. Maybe I'm doing this wrong, but it seemed to help me a little bit. So it wasn't like full on, you know, I give it some squeeze, but I wasn't really, you know, giving it full break, I guess. Right. Um, And then, of course, you want your throttle the full way, but it's hard to controller. And then we talked about that. I did buy a wheel and I have a stand for it. And I mounted one of the old Corbeaux I had to the slider. Uh, it's pretty comfortable and it works pretty well. Still super hard. It's not, it doesn't translate as easily as you would think. Being able to control a car and knowing how to drive, you'd think that since the controls are the same, it would be slightly less hard. But it's really not. <laughs> you would think that it would be slightly less hard, yes, but... I, I don't know as I can drive a car. Yeah. Uh, I'm not the fastest race car driver on Forza with a controller, but I think I'm usually pretty respectable. Um, but when we move over to dirt, it's just, it's a whole different animal. I don't even understand. I, I don't, I don't think that if I got into a rally car, the 
drastic difference between my driving a normal car and that rally car would cause me to crash immediately. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I, but then when you you're dri- you're playing the game and you like look kind of you glance a glance at the speed and you're like, oh well, I guess if I was doing sixty five seventy down a dirt road, uh, yeah, that's a little sketchy. I could see that my one wrong move and you're like rolled over. But that's the thing where the game is pretty realistic when you watch the videos of modern rally cars crashing, especially like the R two cars that are basically a little front wheel drive kind boxes and they're really it almost seems like they don't have enough uh travel in the suspension because they're just kind of really production based so and they're like so light and kind of top heavy because that's just the way economy cars are right now like right fiestas and they use pjos and something else i think they're they call them r2s is the class and you'll, you'll just like we had one rally we did with it and our buddy Jordan, who set it up, thought it would be easier for everyone because the cars are slower, but like they're so short, like such a short wheelbase and like don't have much like give to them. You that's the other thing in the game when you're got the forced cockpit, it's hard to tell how wide the car is like you're not used to it. So then you think you're past like a, a berm or whatever or a gate and you like clip it and all of a sudden the car is like pirouetting on the nose like it shoots it up because <laughs> it's all nose heavy. Yeah, and I, I my point was I was getting to, sorry, was that when you watch videos of these cars on YouTube and people wrecking them, it's basically the, exactly the way they wreck. You're like, oh, okay, all right, so that's pretty accurate. Yeah, when I hit things, it's either dead square with the nose because I've gone off the road, or I clip things a lot with the quarter panels. Right. Like, I'll get the nose through the gate, but then I'll clip it on the door or the quarter and it'll take out a rear tire and fling me off into a ditch and do much worse damage from there. So, yeah. And then it cascades. And if you damage the radiator, then you're hammering on the car. And just like if it was a real car, it starts to overheat and then it ruins the engine and everything else attached to the engine. Well, when I'm driving one of the modern cars in the game, my favorite thing is when the co-driver says, is the engine down on power? (laughs) Because I I'm relieved to think, yes, yes, it is. I can go slower now. I might complete this thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's funny. It's funny how much we're talking about sim racing, but it's It's, kind of a big deal currently. It's it's the thing right now. It's what everybody's talking about. Everybody's doing. Nobody's doing any real racing. So right right now is a rare moment in time where you and I are doing the same thing as professional race car drivers. We're just playing video games because that's all there is. I'll probably keep doing it because the wheel is really fun to use. Um, it is when using it with the shifter. So it's the G920. Um, the shifter is a little vague, but it's pretty fun. I know some people don't use it just for speed, but I, I'm having a fun time when the car requires like an H pattern shifter. It's actually an H pattern. That's cool. And it's a little vague and it does kind of, you kind of miss shift sometimes. So I ended up, um, it's from a company in Italy that does 3d printing. I ordered it from, it wasn't very expensive. It was like 30 bucks shipped, but they have a 3d printed, uh, H pattern with like, uh, it's sort of like almost like gate support kind of inside of it. So it kind of can travel on these, uh, sliders and kind of keeps it in the gates. So it's more precise, I guess. You won't go from like third to second instead of third to fourth. Yeah. I keep doing that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> but you're like, oh, that's I would probably do this in a real car, though. <laughs> like if I was trying to rally, I'd probably slam uh, third instead of fifth, uh, which, yeah, we've all done at least once in a car, which is not great. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think you'd probably do it very often in a real car because the, the pattern yeah. scene is a lot more. There's a lot more feeling to it in a real car because you're actually using gears and you know a lot of times the the um synchros whatnot won't even let you do that at certain rpms if you're going yeah. the wrong gear so i think it's a little different again because you, you as you said it's vague and that makes sense so when you're playing forza if you're driving like the 57 chevy do you mount the thing on the side of your steering column yeah yeah, yeah no <laughs> oh okay um, well, you, you said Ford it was realistic it changed yeah forza's funny though i think you can uh I think you can either always have it as a shifter or sometimes, or maybe it works both with the panels, but dirt will, depending on car, you can set the settings. It will only pick the paddles for a modern car or the uh, shift handle for a older car. That's kind of a neat way to do it. Actually. Um, I have actually haven't, we tried playing Forza. I was playing Forza with you guys trying to set that wheel up. I haven't gotten in the settings right for Forza though. It's weird how you, you do have to dial these things in to make them useful because uh, the settings for dirt took a while to find. And then, cause they were like, it's almost like too heavy because yep. it's basically just motors that provide you with the feedback. And the first time it was trying to use, it was just like way too heavy. It was like ripping the steering wheel out of your hand. Um, so now I got it pretty much set up as just enough drag and it feels pretty, pretty good. Like have, have you, have you played it with Forza since that first night? I haven't. I haven't. I oh, was okay. so annoyed. I haven't gone back to try it. <laughs> I got to look it up again. Yeah, I'll have to try that again. So I'm, I'm sure since you got dialed on um, Dirt, you probably can get it dialed on Forza. And again, it wouldn't be such a good selling wheel if it didn't work well. So. Yeah, it's, it's funny, though, because I play with, I was telling you the other day, I play with headphones because... I, I don't have like any type of stereo setup or anything and it's just easier to play with headphones and you get like the stereo sound just over the ear headphones. Uh, and then the other day I tried to play it without them and I didn't realize how loud the wheel was because of all the motors inside of it. Oh yeah, I bet it makes a lot of noise. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I don't I don't have a wheel or the space to use a wheel right now, so I'll still stick to the controller. But once we're finally um, off of our not able to go anywhere standards and I can take a flight to Massachusetts because I have to, to do some other things. I certainly want to stop by and, uh, and play that because it sounds like it'd be fun to use. Yeah. So speaking of uh, lifting restrictions, every state's on different schedules. I know Arizona is probably on a little bit earlier schedule than Massachusetts because we were hit a little harder here. Yeah. We have a few um, less, less things going on. We're, we're still, we don't have any dates or anything as far as when things are being lifted, but yeah, I was wondering when you were going to get to work on the Toyota again. Or, well, best worst case scenario. Yeah, end of the month. Okay. Um, only because my living. Well, it's the end of the month. We're recording this. Well, no, the end of May. Um, only because my living situation is going to change significantly, and uh, we're going to wind up having a garage. So, I'll be able to drag it over to my garage, and I can just walk outside every day and work on it, which will be nice. So many, be many cool projects though, ahead. You got it to run and could use it to move. Well, this, this is ideal. Yes. Um, <laughs> probably not going to happen. Um, 
because even if I do get to run, I still need to buy like tires and and oh, right. other things, which which are probably not in the budget until after I'm fully moved because of the move. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, we cost unless it costs more money to rent a truck, which it does not. Um, I'll wind up unfortunately renting a truck for the move because yeah, I want to buy new tires and wheels and everything, and it's just not going to be in the budget right now. So, but the good thing is is that there is a garage. I will have the vehicle there. Um, and I'll be able to uh, to wrench on it there and have it running pretty quickly once it's there if I don't get it running before then. So fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. I mean, honestly, we're at a point now where I think I probably would be comfortable going over and working on it um, and keep just keeping to myself and working on it outside. Um, but I just it's one of those things where it's more of a project to get over there and move it outside and do all the, you know, going in and out of the garage, getting tools and all that stuff that it is just to wait till the end of May. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm anxious to get it done. I want to get mm-hmm. that, that GM coil conversion in there. Um, and I, I hate the fact that I had to stall on it, but I also realize that's not me stalling on it. It's just the life situation made it difficult to do things. So, Unfortunately, the apartment complex has a very strong no working on cars in the parking lot policy. So I guess I won't do that here, but whatever. It's it's coming soon enough. Hopefully before the 200th episode, the car will run. So I got, what, 10 weeks? Something like that? I think 10, weeks. Yeah. What, 190, 189? 190, mm-hmm. what would we say? Yeah. So, yeah, soon. Very soon. We'll get it running. How about you? What's yeah, your goals to get things done? What's your first project going to be once we're back up and uh, and running and moving again? Um, I kind of want to just do the the black trim on the Galant. It's pretty pretty straightforward. Plus, we're also expecting our newborn any day. So yeah, like three days ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, it seems like it's going to be a May baby. Um, and at least once the Galant is here, because I well. First project is I got to finish the kitchen (laughs) and then I'll have my garage back. Um, And then once I have my garage back and the car is here, it's much, it's pretty easy and straightforward to do trims out in the driveway. I don't need my dad's garage to paint window trim. Um, And I don't know, I'd like to put the intercooler on the town this year because the rest of the car is running pretty good. Right. And, oh, in the meantime, I haven't really gone outside and, and continued on the little wizard wheel for the Montero uh, decal. Of course, it's been raining like every other day here. So, well, rain wouldn't be a big deal if that because rain would actually probably provide uh, a little lubrication, keeping the heat down and not burning through the paint. Uh, I tried it with a hose. It it did nothing. It just slid like it. It didn't even touch the decal. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's Maybe weird. some soapy water to make it more slippery. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> don't use your logic on me. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I just I've never had any kind of issue using those um, eraser wheels on things. I'm just surprised that there was a problem with it because I've used it on much older vehicles. It's not been an issue. Well, the fender came out fine and I was going to try one of the other doors and do the other one that was troubling me last. Yeah, you might as well do it last. I was looking at wheels for the Volkswagen because it's May 1st. And we haven't taken snow tires off here because there's been 
no need to because nobody's been driving anywhere. Um, but I would like to take the snow tires off at some point and then use the uh, factory wheels for just snow tires. But I was looking at, oops, phone was on. Um, Rookie move. Yep. The, uh, I really wanted 1552 integrales and they've been out of stock for a while. And I had the email alerts and I got an email that they were in stock like two weeks ago. I was like, all right, I'll wait till the beginning of May and I'll order them. I went to order them and they laid three in stock. I was like, okay. Oops. <laughs> all right. So my second choice was on Tyrac OZ Super Turismo LMs because I kind of like the dark gray they're in. The, rec- the requirements for the wheels, they needed to be 17 inches because I have brand new 17-inch tires that came off the car with only 100 miles on them. Right. And I think the factory wheels are only like seven inches wide or seven and a half. So both the Integrales and the OZ Super Turismos are 17 by seven and a half, which for a 205 tire, I believe is the stock tire, is not a huge stretch. Like it won't look weird. No, it'll be pretty square, actually. To, to try, yeah, to try to put a two hundred five on a seventeen by eight, which is more common, it's gonna look weird. Um, so, anyways, yeah, I go into Iraq and and they're they come in like a dark gray, and I like the, I like a wheel with a, I don't know how else to describe it, sort of like a center bore around the lugs. Yeah, like a deep a deep center bore. Yeah, not like the center bore that the hub goes into, but like the, like the, around the, the face lugs. part. Yeah. It yeah, it's it like a very competition. Like it's very yeah, it's a very, very motorsport scary. style. And like the other Super Turismos, like the GT is kind of like flat or like flush. I don't know. And the lugs have like little holes. I don't, I don't like it. So anyway, yeah, I like those. I was like, all right, I'll go to order those because they're actually a little bit less. They won't have them in stock till July. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought it'd be so hard to get wheels for such a common bolt pattern car as a Volkswagen. Does anybody that's not um, tire rack stock OZ wheels? I don't think so in the U.S. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I think they're like the only OZ dealer. We'll have to dig a little more into that because that doesn't seem... Right, but maybe. I mean, they're not an American manufacturer, so. Well, I, I think like when you go on Discount Tire Direct, they basically carry all the brands that Tyrek doesn't carry. Okay. Like they carry Koenigs and they carry 1552s. And like, yeah, so it's like, I don't know. I don't know a lot of small wheel like places anymore. Yeah, no, there's not a lot of like wheel shops. And if there are, most of what they sell is like eBay special stuff. Yeah, exactly. So we don't, we don't, we're not looking for that. You're looking for a good quality wheel. And the thing is, like, as far as big companies, Tyrac does sponsor a lot of cool car stuff. Uh, so I don't mind spending money with them. And, you know, they typically have really good customer service and like, if something happens and I need another wheel, I can get it from them or uh, a dealer can get it from them or a body shop can get it from them. Like it's not that hard yeah. to track no, down I've, a wheel. I've always had real good luck with, with them and their services. So, 
Yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons why it comes. And their prices aren't, like, outrageous. Like, it's really not that different from going anywhere else, so. No, and their shipping's always been reasonable, too. And I also like that they have partnerships with local shops. So if you order from them, you can ship it to a shop and have it just all done right there for you. So, like, I think that the tire alignment shop down the street from you is a tire rack dealer. So you can actually order them and have them ship right to them and then just drop your car off and have them swapped over. Is that Fast Track or Audubon? Fast Track. Yeah. Because I've done that with them before with tires. I've had them drop ship there from Tire Rack. And they don't mind because their markup and margin on tires isn't very high. So it just makes more sense for them to do it that way because it's one less thing for them to worry about. Yep. And they don't mind either because unlike you bringing in a part you bought off eBay, at least if you bought it off Tire Rack, Tire Rack wants to know what kind of car it's going on and they'll verify fitments and everything before you order them. So, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I guess I'll just have to be patient and figure something out. Patience? What is that? Hmm. I want wheels today. I know, right? Um, I'm sure it'll be that way too when I buy wheels for the truck because I'm going to wind up probably having them custom made. Because I'm going to go with a wide steel wheel. Right. So I don't know if they are blanks in the shelves or if they make them to order pretty much. So we'll see. What are you going to do like a, like diamond wheels or something? Or like a- no, 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 no. Like a um, old school style hot rod wheels to flush no slots smoothie. Oh, okay. Yeah. What bolt pattern does that truck have? Uh, it's super common. Five of 114.3. Really? Yep. Huh. So you could probably go to like SoCal Speed Shop and they might have something that would fit? Probably, but I can just get something from Wheel of Antiques and mm. they'll uh, they'll be able to make them for me or ship it out to me. So it's funny, when I first got the truck, my initial plan was to run a set of Starion wheels on it because yeah. they're a neat looking wheel and I've seen that truck with them on it before. But mm-hmm. as I planned, not working on the truck, I've kind of planned the plan of attack for the truck. And it took a different turn. Um, and those steel wheels are literally like $68 a piece. Like, okay. They're super cheap. They're super sturdy. And you get them in white, which I want them in white anyway. So, okay. All right, white. I was going to say either white or sort of color match them. No. So the truck is that dark blue. Right. Um, it's got a white stripe down the side, like a two and a half inch wide white stripe. Okay. I so get it. It's going to yep. be go with the white stripe. And there's going to be white accent pieces in the interior. And the roof is trashed, so I'm probably also going to paint just the roof panel white as well. Okay. So uh, all that ties together, and the truck's low to the ground. It'll have a real neat, like, SoCal Moon Eyes style kind of look to it. So what kind of tire would you go with? Like a Just like a meaty hot rod style tire, like a BFG style. Okay. Black walls. White layers out? No, no, no. no black, but the, uh, black walls for the hot rod look. All right. So... It'll, it'll be neat. You'll see. I believe you. Yeah. I think that the blue and the white will look good together. The interior, we're going to do a lot of white. The door panel is going to be super easy to do because it's literally just fabric wrapped around cardboard. Yep. So I'll do some kind of white material for those. And uh, I don't know. It'll be neat. I have a whole vision in my head of what it's going to look like. You should uh, send it to Tijuana. Get that tuck and roll, man. I mean, I'm not that far. <laughs> what movie was that, by the way? I can't remember the movie. I think we've talked about this before. It was some 
movie that would always play in Comedy Central in the afternoons. Yep. Um, 80s movie about kids trying to go to Mexico to get Spanish fly. Yep. And like, he, what does he have like a 57 Chevy or something? And he's going to get tuck and roll. And his buddies are telling him, that, no, they're just going to fill the seats with the horse. Yeah. 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 I don't remember, but I've seen it a thousand times. It was like on TV after school. On yeah. TV. It would just be on. Yeah. But, uh, you should look into. Uh, it's called, uh, losing, it's called, it's called losing it. Losing it. Okay. Yeah. I kind of want to watch it now. So it's made in 1983, uh, but set in 1965. All right. So a real, uh, they're probably trying to go for that. Um, which, uh, what am I thinking of? What movie? Oh my God. Uh, the Hobbit movie. But... Everybody loves, uh, with Harrison Ford in it. And... American Graffiti. American Graffiti. That's they're probably trying to go for that vibe because that's when around the time American yeah, Graffiti came a, out. Yeah, a little bit of that, but it's a but it's a dirtier like R-rated movie. Like it's not a right, right. Because American Graffiti is kind of like a, it's kind of like it's more like PG thirteen, maybe maybe PGG rating. And then everybody was like uh, wanted to make movies that are a little more edgier, but the same style, like Hollywood Nights or this movie, Losing It. Yeah, well, Losing It's definitely a cheesier version of all of those. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think it had actually no. It was Tom Cruise was in it. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's funny. We just watched because uh, the Money Pit's on Netflix. I don't think okay. I ever really watched it <laughs> all in one sitting. So plus it's like super short. Movies back then were only like an hour and a half. You're like this is like a extended episode of a TV show. Yeah, they weren't very long. This losing it's only an hour forty, but it stars uh, Tom Cruise, Jackie Earl Haley, uh, and Shelley Long. So. Ah, yeah. See, Shelley Long was in. Uh... See, I you said Tom Cruise. I went to I, Tom Hanks. Yeah, you went to Tom brain. Hanks in your brain. I was going to correct you. But I'm going to uh, retroactively say that the link was Shelley Long because she was in the money pit. Okay, sure. You knew I was going to say it in the future. Well, that's lie. Yes. Um, but I should send you the link to the bedliner company that I was looking for the to do the quarter panels or the uh, rockers on the Montero with because they do it is colored matched. Yep. Stupid phone. Um and you could get one that was pretty close to that you can get one that's pretty close to that blue so you can do the bedliner in a blue. I think I'm I'm gonna leave it uh just bare. I don't want to put some bedliner in there because you're gonna nope. use it. I mean if it's blue after, it'll be hidden. After looking at um, lots of pictures of vintage trucks with, with bedliner in them. Um, just the used patinaed inside of the bed looks better. It doesn't put some wood it looks, planks. It looks out of no. It uh, it looks out of place uh, because it's a modern thing on an old truck, and it just doesn't, doesn't look right. So, plus there's no way to stop it because the bedsides don't have like lips like modern ones do. So it's just yeah. kind of a, I, I just no. I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to leave it as is. It's going to leave the bed that kind of uh, original look patina look in there so no bedliner i'll throw mm-hmm. a rubber, rubber mat down when i need to so all right i already made that choice i'll put a tunnel cover on it but no bedliner so back in those days the truck has all the hooks around the bed mm-hmm. and the bedliners actually go on and then have almost like a giant bungee that goes through them holding them to the hooks Mm-hmm. So I thought that would be kind of cool to do that in whatever material I do the seat in. So cool. 
yeah, so yeah, no no bed liner though. Just I don't like the look. It's not doesn't fit the era of the truck. And I'm kind of going a little bit period with it, so I'm going to try to leave it that way. I don't know, it's all big dreams and big thoughts, and hopefully it works out, so we'll see. That should be fine. Yeah. Does that truck need exhaust, or is it like... Currently? Yeah. Do I mean, you know if it, it, doesn't look, it? it doesn't look like it does. Uh, all right. When I sprayed water into it to uh, just get any mice out of it, it didn't leak out of anywhere, so... Maybe one spot where there's a with a muffler pipe bolts to the front pipe it may leak a little bit, but mm-hmm. overall it didn't really leak too bad, so it should be okay. And if it's not, it's just that's a cheap straight piping thing, so doesn't need So much. speaking of mice, actually, that reminds me. I, I've seen a couple people, a couple car friends actually post on Facebook they're having trouble with mice in their cars because they've been sitting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and some of them aren't used to storing cars for long time periods. Right. And I know you've got a few tips for keeping mice out of cars. Well, I mean, it's just the obvious things we've talked about over and over again. It's um, obviously keep an eye on it, but also use um, like bounce dryer sheets and Irish spring bars. Mm-hmm. Um, the jury is out on whether a full Irish spring bar works or just shaving it and putting pieces everywhere. I've always just tossed a couple of full Irish spring bars into places where mice would hide, um, in glove boxes, under seats, in front of seats, um, in the carpets in the trunk, a few places under the hood with both the bars and the dryer sheets. It's important not to put dryer sheets on top of any painted or plastic surfaces because they will melt to them. Yeah. And they will stain. I wonder why they don't like the Irish Spring. I have no idea. But it's the people. It's weird. Yeah. It goes off the same premise that Mothballs did. And unlike Mothballs, the car doesn't smell like garbage when you open the door later on. Mm-hmm. So it actually smells nice. So I don't know if people listening have ever opened the car door that's been stored with Mothballs, but it is, you might as well let the mice live in it. It's gross. So I think. I feel like a thing was apple cider vinegar. I have no idea. Something along those lines. I've never heard that one. There's some sort of natural spray. Oh, I'm sorry. Not apple cider vinegar. Peppermint. Yeah, peppermint I've heard. There's a peppermint spray. Yep, or actually just Um, taking peppermint leaves mm -hmm. and putting them in the vehicle actually helps too. Yeah, and that also smells good, and they don't like the smell of it. Because I'll find them, especially when the truck has been sitting... Over the winter, I'll find little evidence of them on top of the intake manifold, but not too much. And one year, I did spray peppermint stuff in there and kept them out. But that and just you do need to take, we're not supposed to go anywhere, but take your cars at least like around the block <laughs> a couple times. And, you know, at least knock the rust off the rotors. That's what I've been doing to our cars because it's been raining so much. I'll Every couple days, I'll pick a different one to go run one errand with. <laughs> And just make sure they're both they're all running and they start. Yeah, and like we talked about before, responsible car driving. So we had a whole ten minute discussion about that in the past. So do that and uh, get your car running. Um, did you hear? Actually, actually, just came out the news today, which is kind of funny. Um, Honda is developing a new wiring harness wrap to to stave off the rodent invasions. Yeah. 
um, yeah, Honda has tape or wrap or whatever with yeah. capsaicin in it. Yes. Yep, that's a fairly new thing that Honda is coming out with in order to so the mice will start eating the wiring harnesses and they'll get, you know, their mouths will burn from the spice and they don't like spicy foods. Much like if you gave your dog something that was spicy, he wouldn't eat it, um, and they'll go away. See, what's funny? I've heard a couple things that mice eat the wiring harness because sometimes uh, companies, in an effort to be more eco-friendly, are using like plant-based, like like uh, wire insulation okay, or something like that, or just like eco-friendly. Um, but I've also heard like, because rodent teeth never stop growing. The reason why they chew everything is mostly not because they want to eat a piece of wire, but because it uh, dulls their teeth. Okay. It keeps them from being overgrown. So that's why they always need to like chew stuff constantly. If that makes any sense. No, it does make sense. But, but again, anything that stops them from eating is good. <laughs> it's something you don't want them to eat. So yeah, I kind of like the idea of a, of spicy duct tape, mm-hmm. a, a phrase I thought I would never utter together, spicy duct tape, but it seems like a pretty low tech, simple it, thing. It's funny. It's only something they thought about now in 2020. It's funny because I work every day in insurance claims um, and I'm seeing a lot of these because cars are setting. Um, I just did a 2020, uh, Toyota FRS, the uh, sorry, Toyota GT, is it the GT86 now. So yeah, yeah, I just I just did one of those not two days ago. That was a brand new car. It's got 900 miles on it, and it's been sitting for two weeks because the person's working from home, and she went out to start it, and all the dashboard lights came on, and the car cranked, and it started and died and wouldn't refire, and that's what happened. The mice got in there and they chewed the factory wiring harness on this brand spanking new car that she's literally owned for like three of the two weeks. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's either that or have cats, <laughs> but what's, what good is a cat going to do in your car? Uh, I mean, I had less mice when I had my yard cat hanging around. Right. Cause when they do come out of the car, she was getting them. So, okay. So either protect your car from mice or hire a little four-legged murderer to live in your yard. That's true. All right. Whichever one works for you. We'll let your moral compass be the guide. Yeah. doesn't matter either way. (laughs) But I've been seeing a lot of it. That that, uh, GT86 is just one of many. I've been getting probably on average one or two a week right now. Uh, Mm -hmm. And basically because cars are sitting and cars aren't moving. And all the claims that I deal with are based out of California. Yeah. So California had been hit pretty hard, pretty quick. So they put a pretty strict uh, no travel ban in pretty quickly. So cars have been sitting there for a while and we're getting some some interesting claims because of it. But one of the big ones is, is definitely mice. Oh, you know what else you can do is put steel wool in the end of the exhaust pipe um, because they won't chew through steel wool. Just, okay. It's like trying to chew tinfoil, right? All right. Then you need it's a steel, steel wool car cover. Yes. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> I'm doing it wrong the whole time. No, but it's it's interesting to see what different kinds of claims are coming up. And that's that's definitely one of them that's that's on the uptick for sure with cars not moving. So we need to uh certainly make sure we get it. The other thing they do obviously is they make nests. And if they make a nest in an airbox or if they make a nest in the exhaust or they make a nest somewhere in the interior of the car, those things also get ruined you know in an air box it'll plug up the airflow and the car won't run right 
um, worst case scenario, they chew through the chew through the air filters, which I've seen before, and then their entire nest when you stop the car goes right at the intake tube and into your throttle body, which is <laughs> obviously not ideal. Nope. The air filters there to prevent that from happening, and once it's got a giant hole in it, it doesn't matter anymore. So, yeah, keep an eye on that stuff. If the car's been sitting for a while, I would check under the hood, listen for noises, open the airbox. Um, yeah, just all things you normally wouldn't think about unless you were storing a vintage car for a winter season. Right. Think about it a little bit more now. So, and the bonus is you fill your car with dryer sheets, and it smells great every time you get it. So, I mean, I know if I was an enterprising shop around here or anywhere where there's been big shutdowns, I would advertise like, "Hey, I'll come to your house, contactless. Like, leave your keys, like put your keys down. I'll grab them. Like, I'll go start your car up, make sure it starts. Or if it doesn't start, like mobile service, right? Oh, mobile service is not ideal, but yes." You gotta be set up for that. Well, I mean, they could be set up for it. I mean, yeah. if they just have like a truck and some batteries, and instead of the person calling AAA because AAA takes a while, like you know, the shop tech can go over there and do it. I don't know. It's an idea. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely an idea. Be like a um, almost like a car concierge or a car nanny. Something that yeah. takes care takes care of something that you don't have to worry about. That's a thought. I like it. Anyway, what's going on today, Andrew? Not much. I want to teach you something. Okay. That I've learned. Um, it goes back in the history of motorsports and engineering a little bit. So, obviously, as a serial owner of Mitsubishi Starions and Chrysler Conquests, they all have the 2.6 liter engine in them, right? The G54B, which is the same yes. as the Raider and my Sapporo and lots of things. Um, and one of the things that people make fun of all the time is the fact that it's a forklift engine. Yeah. Because the engine is used in forklifts once propane converted to your in forklifts. But it wasn't a forklift engine first. It was a car engine first, and it's been developed for multiple things. So I found something the other day that I thought was very interesting. And this particular brand's engines that they built their entire reputation on was a commercial engine to begin with, which I thought was wild. Um, Lotus cars. Have you heard of the engine that they used all through the 50s and 60s and early 70s called the Coventry Climax? Yeah. So... Coventry engines started by making two-cylinder engines for generators, water pumps, um, searchlights, all kinds of stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So through World War II, they actually built a lot of the engines that ran a lot of the searchlights that were used in England and in Europe by all the Allied forces. Um, so that was where their company got their start. So this giant racing engine, their company started by making generator engines that were used in the war effort. Fast forward to like the 1940s, like late 30s. Sorry, no, we're still, still in the wartime here. So yeah, in the, 40, in the 40s, I should say, in the 40s, um, they moved on to making car and truck engines for other, for small like niche manufacturers while still making commercial engines. 
they gave that up in the very end of the 40s, early in the 50s. They said, nope, we're going to do just car engines. And sorry, all the way around. They stopped doing all the car engines and went straight just to um, commercial engines. And they developed under a contract with the fire departments in England an engine that was light enough that it could be carried from fire to fire and be used as a fire pump from whatever the water source was. So the Coventry Climax, oh. the Coventry Climax engine was a four-cylinder, water-cooled, overhead cam engine that with its entire framing structure, a battery, and a fuel tank weighed 180 pounds. That's not very heavy for an engine at all. And that includes the fuel tank and the battery and the and the framing structure to carry it and mount it in. Hmm. So that was 20 pounds less than Volkswagen's air-cooled four-cylinder itself, minus all of those other things. Hmm. So they won the contract with the fire departments to use this because it was so light that two firemen could carry it. Like they had two handles on either side. Like a modern generator has that, like, you look at a modern Honda generator, it has that red tube cage around it. Yeah. These are very similar to that. And it has on either side two handles with like, you know, black rubber handles. So that was the first of the four-cylinder Coventry Climax engines that later became race car engines. So the big things that made it so lightweight for a fire pumper use also made it ideal for developing into a race car engine. Because when they designed it, they said we want to have overhead cams because they can be run at higher RPM for longer periods of time than a standard pushrod engine. We want it to be as simple as possible with as few moving parts so that it will be reliable for fire departments to use. We want it to have similar materials throughout so that it can be fired up and used instantly without waiting for a warm-up period. And most of all, we want it to be efficient. So all of those things together sounded great as a race car engine. So when the engine first came out as a, as a pumper engine, it was 36 horsepower at 3,500 RPM, which isn't a lot. But when you consider it was about the size of a Volkswagen engine, that's more than a Volkswagen engine had by a few. They were like, like 32, I think, back then, 32 horse. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly. Somewhere in that range. Um, and then in 1950, the guy who was in charge of Coventry Climax, whose name uh, I'm going to have a hard time remembering. I should have written it down, but I didn't. Anyway, the guy who was in charge of it brought it to a motor show in England and got the attention of Colin Chapman from Lotus, whose always big thing has always been, you know, um, lightweight has always been his simplify and add light and there you go. reduce weight. Yeah. Simplify, simplify and add lightness. That's yeah. always been Colin Chapman's thing. So he, Colin Chapman, whose driver at the time was Sterling Moss. This goes back to last week's episode talking about Sterling Moss mm-hmm. decided that, yeah, we'll develop this thing. Um, it was 1098 CC. So 1100 CC, the same size it was in the fire apparatus. And, they made it make 71 horsepower. Wow. Yeah, at 6,100 6, RPM. So they took this fire apparatus 
which was a super simple engine. And just by changing things um, in the head structure for as far as intake and exhaust and head design, um, and obviously slight, you know, oversized everything to make it a little more robust, they made the thing turn 6,100 RPM and 75 horsepower, 73 horsepower. Yeah. So the cool things about it is it's mostly aluminum. And unlike most four-cylinder engines, which have like five main bearings, this only has three, which is part of like the lightweight and the simplification yeah, of yeah, the yeah. engine. So it's amazing that they managed to make this thing that much different without making it bigger, making it less reliable, just more fuel, more air, made more power. So, and that engine went on to be produced into the seventies in Lotus street cars and race cars. So I thought it was a cool little neat thing. Everybody's always made fun of Starions for being forklifts. This thing was literally the smallest thing that was made to be picked up by two people to pump water onto a fire. <laughs> well, it so. makes sense because in England, all the streets are so narrow. Uh, I mean, I don't know the total history of their fire truck industry, but I feel like they probably didn't have giant fire trucks like we did here. So you needed a, a convenient way to pump water and if you only had a small vehicle to carry it in and narrow areas with not a lot of space it makes sense to have this little two-person portable you know pumping thing so you hook it up to the hydrant and then it must just through like a pto it pumps water form yeah i'm sure that's how it works i just don't i don't i didn't dig that deep into it i was looking at like once i heard that like tidbit i was like wait a second this seems like a really cool engine to look into and yeah i just looked it up and it's yeah, it looks like a modern generator, basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. Is that the picture? Like two firemen like holding it by the side of a mm-hmm. lake or something? Yeah, probably the same picture I saw. But it's pretty neat that it's 180 pounds and you know it made 71 horsepower, which is pretty impressive. And by the end of its run, it was over 100 horse. Yeah, I didn't know that at all. Yeah, so I thought it was a pretty neat engine. And uh, it's funny because there's so many of them out there because they're used for so many different things. Uh, and it's called the FW, the featherweight. And then there's uh. two versions of it, the FWP, which means it was started. It was made after 1951, and it's an F- FWA and FWP. A would be apparatus. P would be so A, a would be uh, automobile. P would be pump. Huh. So, but they're all essentially the same engine and can be built into the same engine. So. All right. Then uh, I'm going to go vintage racing old Lotus because it sounds like it's cheap. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I've always been a huge fan of like the Elan and the Elite from the early 60s. And uh, that's the engine that was in those cars. Ah. So, yeah. But a different engine than what came in like the Super 7 or the 7? I don't know what was in that. I think that was probably a BMC motor in those, was it not? Yeah, I think so. And then probably a, a Cosworth Ford later. Yeah, I'm not sure. You you saw the um, FW a lot of times in open wheel cars, so it was in the mm-hmm. Elise and the Elan, the Elite, and the Elan, and then a bunch of open wheel F3 cars. Actually, I think Sterling Moss was running an F3 car in 1951, and that's when mm-hmm. they developed it for the F3 car for Lotus and Sterling Moss. So, and actually, Dan Gurney used a smaller version of it, the uh, 750cc version, in some of his early career open wheel racing too so another person we've talked about a bunch on the show 
And then another version of it was made, which is less important to us, but it's kind of cool because it was made for an American vehicle, but it was for a boat. And actually it was an outboard motor and they would stand it up on end so that the crank went um, like north-south to drive the propeller shaft of the outboard motor. So also kind of neat. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, that's just very cool. Quick, that was good little quick story little there. trivia input there that I found was quite interesting, and uh, there's a few yeah, articles about it. Know that there was an article in Haggerty Magazine um, that was kind of started touching on it, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds interesting." And then there's if you start digging into it online, there's lots of stuff written about it because it's a pretty well loved engine because of what it did for Lotus. So it's neat to look into and learn about, but it's it's a pretty simple engine. It's just they're worth a good amount of money now. I found one um, in Bonhams that sold recently. It was 1,100cc out of a Cooper. Uh, and it's sold through Bonhams for like $16,000. Whoa. Yeah. So they're not they're, they're not cheap, that's for sure, but they are cool looking. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Anything else? I don't think so, Andrew. That's an episode. Calling it a wrap. All right. All right. So as always, follow us on Facebook, Auto Off Topic Podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Auto Off Topic. Find the Dirt Rally 2.0 Club. It's just Auto Off Topic. If you want to try your hand at our rallies and probably beat us, that's fine too. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Race and Anger. And Brad, where can they find you? TSISS350. All right. As always, keep cars analog and aim for the roses.